Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. The premise of this series is what you can do today with the internet on YouTube. Any product you purchase, you just put the product in YouTube, the model number, and you search it, and there will be videos that come up where people literally took your product and they unbox it. They took it out of the box. They'll show you how to set it up. They'll show you all the features. And I really need that at times. It helps me greatly. And so we thought, why not do a series where we unbox God and just take some principles of God out of the box. And so today, we're gonna do our third principle. I'll finish this series up next weekend. And uh, this one's really important. This is important to your general physical health, and mental well-being, because we're going to unbox this thing called joy and peace, and they work together. And you're gonna love what we're able to just unbox today out of the Word of God. But I wanna open up with a story, okay? It has to do with two farmers. One was a pessimist, one was an optimist. And in the morning, the optimist farmer would say, isn't this a beautiful sunshiny day? And his buddy pessimist farmer would say, I'm afraid the crops are going to be scorched. It's just too much sun. Another day it's raining and the optimist would say, oh, we needed all this rain. This is good for our crops. And then the pessimist farmer would say, you know what? It's raining too much. I'm afraid the roots are going to rot. And so they had that kind of relationship. One day the optimist farmer He bought this new bird dog, high pedigree. He's so excited. So he sees a couple days later, he sees the pessimist farmer, and he says, did you see my new bird bird dog? He says, that's your dog? I thought that was an old mutt that you picked up. He said, you must have got ripped off. And so that's their relationship. And then they go hunting, and they're duck hunting, and they shoot some ducks, but the ducks fall into the middle of a pond. And now the optimist farmer is so happy, he's going to tell his dog to go get those ducks. And the dog takes off, and he comes to the water. And to their surprise, he doesn't jump in. He literally runs on the water like Jesus walked on the water. He picks the ducks up. He runs back. He drops them at the optimist farmer's feet. And the optimist farmer looks at the pessimist farmer, and he says, what do you think of my dog now? He said, I think you got ripped off. Your dog can't swim. (laughs) I want to ask you a question. How do you look at life? Do you look at life like that pessimist farmer or the optimist farmer? Because that's really important how you and I look at life. I was born, my default would be the pessimist farmer. That's my default. Because if you're a detail guy or girl, you are going to lean towards being a pessimist because you're adding one plus one and you're saying that equals two. So it makes us tend to be negative because the world's a mess. So every time you add something up, it's a mess, right? And so I am so excited about helping you. I think this is a a lesson that, that would be the perfect lesson for me because I learned to unbox joy and peace. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So here's our big idea for this lesson. Joy is happiness without a happening. And peace is calmness without orderliness. And I wanna help you see this as we go through. So joy is just like happiness, but you don't need a happening 
Now, happenings are wonderful. Aren't you glad when you have a happy happening? And isn't it nice to be happy? But isn't that far and few between those happy moments of the week or of the month? But joyous happiness without a happening, you can have joy when your life's a mess, when all life's falling apart. And peace is calmness, that's inner peace, without orderliness. And our lives are never truly in order, are they? I mean, it's always one loose end after another, right? It doesn't have to be major things, but there's always a loose end. And once you tie up one loose end, aren't there a couple more that show their head? Not to mention all the serious other things that come into our lives, but peace is inner calmness without orderliness. And I, again, am a guy that if I can learn this, anyone can learn it. When Gina and I were first married, it's our first year of marriage, I was so high strung. We were eating lunch one day and we rented this little house for six months, fully furnished while we were looking for something else. And we're in this little kitchen. She's sitting down eating her lunch and I'm standing up, pacing, eating my lunch. I'm eating a sandwich and I want sitting down and I'm just telling her, we gotta do this and we gotta take care of that. This has to be done and that has to be done. You get a little nervous just watching me, right? And I'm just going, just, just like this. And she says, honey, sit down and enjoy lunch. She said, I can't, I can't eat in this atmosphere. I said, honey, I can't. I just can't. And I take another bite. She says, I'm going to go in the other room and just sit in the other room. This is our early years of marriage, right? So then she called me a name that really made me mad. She, she called me Ajita Man. Now, if you're Italian, you know exactly what that means. The Italian word for agitation is agitato. And our, our parents were all, uh, Gina and I, they're, they're Southern Italy, so their dialect, they changed it to agita. And our parents and our grandparents, if their stomach was ever upset and, and it just was hurting, they'd say, I have agita, which means I'm just so upset and so angst. And so she just gave me a name and said, you're agita man. And I was very offended. That was very offensive to me. And I said, I am not agita man. She said, you're agita man. And I'm going to call you agita man until you change. And so she kept calling me agita man. Every time she'd say, how you doing agita man? And I'm always just fidgety and agity. And so I went on a journey and I said, I can change this thing. And I learned it from my favorite Bible character. We'll show you who he is in a moment. And if he could have peace and joy with his life, all of us can have peace and joy. And here's the opposite of peace and joy. You guys ready for this? This is what most Americans deal with. 77% of Americans say they're under constant stress. Not a little stress. Normal, there's normal stress. You're gonna have stress. Normal stress will not bother you. Constant stress is very, very bad for you. I had a really stressful day Thursday. I went through my work day and it was pretty good, had, had to do some filming in here for, for TV, did all those things. And then it's about five o'clock and my Jeep's down. It looks like it's gonna rain, but I thought I can make it to the store. I had to go to a store and then go home. So I didn't put my Jeep top up because it's not like a convertible. It's a 12 to 15 minute you know, process putting everything on. And so I drive to the store and I make it. I buy the products, they're in the back. And I get out from the store and I think I should put the top up, but I thought I'm gonna make it home. I'm about four or five miles from home. And I jump in my Jeep. And just when I was a mile out, I'm at this red light and it began to pour, not rain, 
poor, Thursday night poor. And it, it was just crazy. And now if I'm, I can't get out, because if, even if I pull in, a, I could get home and, and quicker than I can put that top up. So I'm sitting there and people are snickering all around me. And then I turn left and I go down to another light and then it's red and now people are snickering and I am soaked already. It's just pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. So then I turn right and this person in front of me, they're going 20 miles under the speed limit, I think they must know me. They're just making me get wetter and they're laughing about it. They probably were videoing me or something. Finally, I get to my street, I get in the house and everything is 100% soaked. I have puddles in my Jeep, you know, on the floor mats and it's waterproof, but still it's a mess. So I change and I'm like, ah, finally, it's still pouring. And then my house alarm went off and I didn't have it on, so I know exactly what that means. They have a little sensor in my sump pump, and if the water comes too high, the alarm goes off to warn me, and so I think, oh no, and I run downstairs, and the water is, it's, it's one thirty-second of an inch from just overflowing into my basement, and the basement's fixed, and I'm like, oh no. So I go get this big mop, commercial mop, and bucket from the garage, and I bring it down, and I'm just standing there waiting. And I, I don't have any pumps, I'm just waiting, man. And the, the sink, thankfully, the sump pump was working, but it couldn't keep up, and it just keeps raining, and it keeps raining, and I have a good hour of stress just waiting. Finally, it slowed down, and the, went down about a foot down, and I thought, whew, that was stressful. But you know what? That's normal. You can go through an hour of stress, you can go through a day of stress, but constant stress will really really hurt your life. And 77% of Americans are under constant stress. And I understand why the world's a mess, right? There's messes everywhere. And then our lives get messy. I understand. But let me show you why it's bad, and then we're going to show you how to walk in this beautiful thing called peace. Listen to this. 80% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments. And you might say, that's no way. That can't be. Oh, it is. And here's why. Listen to this next one. Long-term stress destroys and weakens your immune system. There it is right there. It, it weakens and destroys our immune system. So joy and peace are really important for you and I to learn to walk in. Get a hold of this one. Long-term stress increases the risk of all chronic diseases. And that's, that's pretty serious. And then this one's obvious, right? Long-term stress fuels cancer growth. It literally fuels it. And so, so many of us are eating clean and we're doing all the things we need to do. And then there's this secret killer called stress that we have to learn to get rid of in our lives. And if you learn how to walk in Bible peace and Bible joy, which is a focus issue, you can walk stress-free. You're gonna have those moments where stress comes. You're gonna have moments where, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time to mourn and a time to rejoice. If you lose somebody you love to death, obviously uh, you have to go through grieving. Your body can handle all that, but constant stress, it cannot handle. Here's another one. This kind of, is kind of obvious. Long-term stress raises stroke risk because it's gonna raise your blood pressure, right? This one shocked me, absolutely shocked me. Long-term stress creates a 27% higher risk of heart attacks. It produces the same effect as smoking five cigarettes a day. Whoa, you stop smoking for health reasons and stress is doing the same thing to you. So this is something we wanna get rid of. This next one, 
Listen to this. Long-term stretch shrinks the size of your brain. Most of you can handle brain shrinkage. I can't. I'm just getting by with the size brain I have. I'm serious. I can barely do what God's called me to do with my brain. If it shrinks, I am in trouble. And so I don't want that happening in my life. Long-term stress also creates a 50% higher chance of emotional disorders. It's something we don't want to walk in. And a huge portion of America is under constant stress. Many of you are under constant stress. And so I want to unbox this. So the guy that unboxed it for me is one of my favorite Bible characters. His name is Paul. He was the great apostle Paul. He had more opportunity for stress than any one of us in this room will ever have, ever, 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 ever. And here's why. He had a special call on his life. He was called to finish writing the Bible. He wrote nearly three quarters of the New Testament. God gave him what to write, but he wrote nearly three quarters of the New Testament. The enemy didn't like him. He was also called to go into all the known world and start churches. He was an apostle. Peter stayed in Jerusalem. That's where Peter stayed. Peter oversaw all the churches in Israel. And Paul went out. He went to modern-day Turkey. That's where Ephesus was. Went to modern-day Greece. That's where Corinth was. He went to modern-day Italy. That's where Rome was. And he just preached. And, and, and this, this enemy called the devil was so so focused to stop him, he put a special high-ranking devil on him, demon, and he said, I want you to beat this guy up. Remember when Paul went to God and he said, would you take this away from me? And God said, my grace is sufficient. And what it was was Paul said, there is a high-ranking enemy, an agent of the devil who was sent to buffet me. So this guy stirred people up wherever Paul went. This guy had him attacked, so on and so forth. And I just want you to see what his life was like. He should have been Ajita man to the 10th degree, but he wasn't. And he shows us our secret. I'm going to show you his secret. We're going to unbox joy and peace. Joy is happiness without a happening. Peace is calmness without orderliness. So let's take a look at this guy's life. Here it is. You ready? It goes like this. 2 Corinthians 11:24. Five times I received from the Jews the 49 lashes minus one. That's 39 beatings or 39 hits five different times. This is what happened to Jesus one time. He had it happen five times. And the whip had three prongs and then they would tie sharp objects like sharp stones or metal on it. And every time it hit him, it would take a chunk of flesh and pull it out. This guy had to be scarred like nobody else. Just think about it. This is what the devil stirred people up to do to him. It goes on to say, three times I was beaten with rods. That's like a modern day bat. Think about that. That broke and crushed bones. Deep, deep muscle bruises. That happened three different times. Listen to this one. And I was beaten. I was pelted with stones one time. Now that's when he died. Bible day stoning, they took these big rocks about this size, they tied you to a pole, and then they just threw these things at you, crushed your skull, your bones. And so he died, Christians circled around him and prayed, and God did a miracle, raised him up and healed him. But I don't know about you, I would have had nightmares for a long time after being, you know, just think about that. How do you forget that moment, right? But this guy learned to walk in this thing called peace. And then this, he says, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent a a night and a day in the open sea. All I think of is the theme to Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. 
When I go to the ocean, I go this deep and I look everywhere for sharks. I'm like so afraid of sharks. And I just think just swimming in that ocean for a day and a night, 24 hours, that's crazy. Now, whenever Gene and I have a problem, here's what we say to each other. Well, thankfully we're not Paul because our problems are so minor compared to his, but it doesn't end here. Listen to verse 26. I've been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews. They were called Judaizers. They followed them from city to city and they stirred everybody up. That's why he was stoned and beaten and so on and so forth. In danger from Gentiles and non-Jews, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. This guy had a rough life, but it goes further. Listen to this, 27. I have labored and toiled, toiled and I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Paul had times where churches wouldn't support him. They were brand new. They didn't even know how to support him. So he made tents on the side, but there were times when he didn't have enough tents to sell. And so he literally went hungry. He literally lived on the street at times. And why did the enemy do this? He wanted him to stop doing what he was called to do. He just wanted them to walk away or he wanted to kill him just to get rid of this guy because of his assignment. And so think about our lives. Think about all the pressure we have. And all the enemy wants you to do is walk away from God, stop serving him, or walk in constant stress. He wants to mess our lives up. But there's even one more thing. Listen to what he wrote. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So he started tons of churches. And any of you that run an organization, oversee people, own a business, can we all agree there's pressure that comes with that that can in itself cause a lot of stress? But how about if you're a young parent raising children? Isn't that, isn't that a lot of pressure, right? I remember doing that. That's pressure. There's lots of pressure there. And all of us have different types of pressure. Paul had more than any of us, and he shows us the secret to walking in joy and peace. Joy is happiness without happening. Paul figured out, I don't, I'm not going to have any happenings that make me happy. This life is crazy tough, but he learned to focus. Peace is calmness without orderliness. He said, my life's so out of order. Can you, can you imagine how out of order his life But he figured it out. He figured it out. He showed me, he unboxed it for me. I want to unbox it for you. So first thing I want you to see is his attitude. Listen to this. This is 2 Corinthians 4.8. We are hard pressed on every side, I'll say, but listen to this, not crushed. And how would we say this, some of us? <laughs> I'm so hard pressed and life is so tough and I just want to quit and this went wrong and then that went wrong and then I got wet in the Jeep and all this stuff, right? <laughs> it's a woo-hoo, woo is me. He says, doesn't matter what you throw at me, you won't crush me. Ah, no, you can't crush me. He says, perplexed, but not in despair. I'm always full of hope. Uh, persecuted, but not abandoned. God walks through everything with me. And he says, struck down, but not destroyed. Now, I'm gonna show my age here, but those of you that are my age, around my age, it just reminds me of the Weeble commercial. Remember, Weebles wobble, but they don't stay down, right? Paul says, I never stay down. You can't, you can't destroy me. I will always rise again. My God shall deliver me from every evil work. But this was all a focus issue. Let me show you the secret, verse 17. This blew my mind when I read it the other day. For our light and momentary troubles, 
beaten with a whip five times. Five times, 39 times each time. Beaten with rods three times. He's calling it a light and momentary trouble. How do you do that? Is he all there mentally? Do we need to send him to a mental health clinic? I mean, what's going on with this guy, right? But notice, here's, here's what's happening. They're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. His focus is in another location. He's not denying reality. He's working on it. He's praying. He's giving it to God. But his focus is not on things he can see. As a matter of fact, listen to the very next verse. Verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. To fix your eyes means what you're focusing on. And I can't overemphasize this. We need to pray and cast our cares on the Lord. That's important. You need to do everything you can in the natural. Get your mop, get ready to mop up if you have to, right? If, if everything floods. You need to do everything you can, but at the same time, you need to put your focus on what you can't see. So what is the focus? Where are we putting our focus? Well, we put our focus on what Jesus has done for us, what he promised to do for us, and what he said he's gonna do for us in eternity. And that's what Paul did. He fixed his eyes there. He, the Bible says it a different way here, and I like this verse, Message Bible, Colossians 3, 2. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. And here's why I chose the Message Bible. You ready? See things from God's perspective. So that doesn't mean we walk around like this and trip over everything, right? This is a focus issue. And he's saying, man, focus on what Jesus has done, what he's promised to do, what he's gonna do in the future. Now, I wanna be honest with you. When I first learned this and took it out of the box, it didn't come easy because every day for months, my mind went back to default, which is very negative, negative, negative Joe, right? And so I would go back to that, but I just made a decision. I'm gonna learn to focus. I'm gonna learn to focus on what Jesus has done, what he's promised to do, what he's gonna do in the future, and I grew into it. Now it's the most natural thing. Now I just do it without even thinking, and many of you are that way. You've already learned this technique. I just wanna to try to help you take you to another level, but there's some of you, man, it's gonna change your life forever. Here's another way of saying it. One of my favorite verses, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. This is just a, a focus verse. And notice the phrase in the Lord. Here's what he's saying. No matter what's going on in your life, begin to rejoice in what Jesus has done for you. Begin to focus on what he's done for you. What's it gonna cause? Joy and peace. And no matter what's going on in your life, you can have joy and peace. Gina will now tell you, she'll tell you if you ask her. She, she will tell you I'm the happiest person she's ever met. I wake up happy, I go through my day happy, they call me happy pappy, I mean I'm happy. And, and, it's not, and I am not happy by nature, but I just refuse to allow this life to take my joy from me. I refuse for this life to take my peace from me. I refuse it. I will not walk under that stress, and I am given to it. But no way! I'm going to be happy, pappy the rest of my life, right? Just be a happy person and peaceful. Gina goes, you're always in peace. The world's falling apart, and you're in peace. I say, well, 
I pray for my president. I pray for Congress. I pray for everybody. I give it to God, and then I just focus. So I'm going to give you four things I focus on on a regular basis. You ready for these four things? They're pretty cool. And here's the first one. I love this one. We are forgiven. That will bring joy like you have never could have any joy. And there's a verse. Uh, everything I'm teaching is on the PowerPoint. Everything that comes up there, if, if you go to believers.cc or the Believers Church app and you put this lesson on, um, you just click notes and everything that, that's up here will come out. So you can actually look at these through the week. It's amazing. So take a look at Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. We who stand before him covered with his love. So I want you to just think about this. Before the universe was created, God saw you. And our, it's hard for our minds to figure that out, but here's something that really helped me. God created time. There was no time till he created it. He stands above time. He can see the beginning all the way to the end, and he chose you before you were ever born. And he said, I'm gonna forgive their sins. And I believe he did it for the whole world. You and I received it. He said, I'm gonna forgive their sins and I'm gonna wash them clean and I'm gonna make them holy and blameless. And when I think about that, how can you not be happy? I mean, come on, think about it. That brings joy, that brings peace. But here's another one, I like this one. We are God's children. That's pretty amazing. Some of you were born into some very prestigious homes and things like that. And I had great parents. Uh, they weren't wealthy, but they were great parents, awesome parents. But think about it. If you've accepted Jesus, God's your father. And look at this verse, Ephesians 1.5. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to... If you're adopted, you should be the happiest person on the planet because your parents chose you. If my parents would have known who I was gonna be <laughs> and had a chance to adopt me, they would have looked past me and went to someone else. I was a problem child, and they would have just thought, mm, I'll take this one. But if you're adopted, your parents saw you and said, I'm taking it, this is gonna be my, this is gonna be my baby. God did that with you, he chose you to be his kid. So when I think about the fact I'm forgiven, God chose me, I'm a child of God because I place faith in Christ Jesus, how can you not have some joy and how can you not have peace? But it gets better. This, this next one is the peace verse. It will bring peace every, every day of your life and it goes like this, God's working on our behalf. So what's going on in your life right now? What's falling apart? God's working on it right now. God's working on it. Listen to Romans 8, 28. We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. They are the ones God has chosen for his purpose. So no matter what's going on in your life, God's working to turn it around. And so maybe you just came through an awful breakup, maybe a, a terrible divorce, and it's like, oh no, you know, they were so terrible and they did this and they did that, and now you're grieving, grieving's normal. But you need to understand, God's working in your behalf. God's gonna pull you back up. God's gonna put your life back together. God's gonna give you a better life in the future. And you gotta know that whatever's happening in your life, you lost your 
your job. Well, God wants to get you a better job. So just understand and begin to focus on God is working in your behalf. God's going to make it better. And that's amazing. And I want to show one more. This one always helps me because I love to focus on eternity. It's hard to imagine in our heads, but listen to this one. We are heirs to God's kingdom. Everything God has, he said he's going to share it with us. Now, God won't die. So, you know, if our earthly parents die, we receive an inheritance. God's not going to die, but he said, I'll share the whole universe with you. I'll share the world with you. Isn't that amazing? And listen to Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things. So focus on eternity. I, I just see a moment where I say, God, I need to bother, borrow your vehicle. I don't know exactly what we have. And can I have your keys? He says, yeah, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to just fly over to Mars and hang out a little bit and just chill a little bit on Mars because you'll be in a glorified body. You can hang out anywhere. You don't need to breathe air, whatever it's going to be. But everything he has, we're going to share. So I want to ask you a question. Joy is happiness without a happening. Peace is calmness without orderliness. Do we have something good we can focus on? Can we just say thank you, God, one more time, guys, and say we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord God. You're awesome. So all I've done is I've learned to keep my mind on things like this, and it keeps me happy pappy. It keeps me at peace. People will tell me when they hang out with me, you're the most peaceful person I've ever been with. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't used to be. I used to be the most nervous person you'll ever meet on planet Earth. But I've learned to walk in peace. So I hope I've unboxed this. We need to do some prayer time. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Borman, TCI Warren. And Father, I did my best to teach this amazing truth to unbox it, Lord. And I thank you for every person in this room. So Father, right now, every person Borman, every person TCI, every person listening. Now, Father, there's some that need to cast some cares on you and just ask you to fix some things. They need to give it over into your hands. So right now, I wanna encourage you to do that. Everybody listening, you can whisper, just say, God, I'm giving you this situation. I'm asking you to fix this. I'm asking you to help me with this. I'm trusting you in this area. I'm trusting you in this other area. Just see yourself releasing those things to God, handing them over. And then just say, God, from this day forward, I am going to begin to fix my mind on these things I cannot see. And Lord, I thank you that I can have joy 24 hours a day. I can have peace 24 hours a day. And then just for some of you, like I was, just say, Father, I need your grace and your help to walk me through this. Just let them know you need that help. You need that grace. Thank you, Father. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want to allow God to be God for a moment. Just allow him to minister to your heart. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. 
Father, I ask you to grow us in our ability to trust you, whether we're students, young parents, young singles, Lord, whoever we are, retired, everybody in between, running a business, whatever we're doing, Lord, grow us in this area. We thank you for giving us grace to walk in peace and joy. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe you came in today not sure of your eternity. And boy, we read some verses that make you understand, man, God loves you. Jesus died for you. He gave us life so you can live. And that's why the Bible says, whoever calls on his name will not perish, but receive everlasting life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. In other words, he said, I fixed it like no one else could ever fix it. And if you trust in me, I will wash your sins away. I will recreate you. God will become your father. And if you're listening, you say, hey, I can't remember a day in my life where I prayed and accepted Christ, but I'm ready to do it today. I want to ask you, if that's you, TCI Borman Warren, would you pray with me right now? And all you have to do is mean it from your heart. So it doesn't matter if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, if you belong to a church, you have to have a moment in your life where you say, Jesus, I open my heart and accept you as my Savior. So if you're ready to do it, just mean it. The rest of us, can we help them out? Let's pray loud enough so they hear us. Just say this after me. Say, Father, right now, at this moment, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, that God raised you up from the grave, that you are Savior and Lord. And this day, I call upon your name. I accept you as my savior. I declare you are Lord. I bow my knee and heart to you and make a decision to follow you, Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.